Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today we got Q&A. <clears throat> so we are going to break down two or three questions here and see what we, we got a lot of good ones here. I'm trying to figure out which ones I should ask. I uh, ordered you a first form shirt today, bro. Nice, dude. I was doing my order and I was like, you know what? Trav needs some gear. Hey guy. And Thank I finally you. got a first form shaker bottle yep. in there because every time you're taking a picture of me in the gym drinking my first form sh- supplement, I'm mm-hmm. using a somebody else's cup. You got a lot of feedback on that sweatshirt. I know. It's so ugly. It's a sick sweatshirt. It is. It is a, it's a it very, is very dope. <laughs> it is a very odd color. Yeah. I don't usually wear burnt It's not orange. ugly orange, but it's it's a... But it's orange. It's a dope orange. Yeah, yeah. I never wear orange. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like... Really? Isn't orange your favorite color? God, no. Green. Damn, who was orange? My grandpa's orange, actually. No, I think it was like... Well, I know you don't. Dustin's or... Maybe I could see that. Someone's is orange. I could see Dustin like an orange. Huh, interesting. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but I could see him being an orange guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, he's, yeah. Mine's mine's always been green mm. because of multiple things, <laughs> but I uh, my daughter changed it to blue, so she will, to this day, she won't let me pick green. Yeah. Mm. Just like... like mean it's your favorite color. It's literally... I mean, <laughs> I end up saying Stick it now. Stick up yourself, Cody. <laughs> I end up saying it Don't now let your daughter accident. bully you. Dude, she'll like be... She'll be like... Uh, my my color's pink. Mommy's favorite color's purple. And daddy's favorite color blue. I'm like, no, it's green. She's like, no, it's blue. It's blue. I'm like, no, it's it's actually green. And she's like, no, it's blue. And I'm like, who are you to tell me? Yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> she, she, we were driving in the car. The last time they were here and I was driving, uh, she rode in my truck back home. And the sky was like, it was like the sunset or something, you know? So the sky yeah. was like pink and blue and all kinds of colors. And she literally was like pointing at it. And she was like... Look, it's pink for mom, per, or purple for mom, pink for me, blue for you. God painted that for us. And I was like, you just say God painted that for us? And she was like, yeah. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> That's dope. Yeah. Like the shit they say, dude. The What is that show? The kids, kids that, say the darnest things. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny. That was completely off topic. But yesterday when I was going through Facebook and like adding people to the Taylor Life podcast group and stuff. One lady's answer to your favorite show was have no idea, but I do know that he, uh, I do know that he's married to Shannon, has a little daughter named Blakely, lives in Bonnie Lake, Washington, and all this. And I was like, <laughs> she go, and at the very end, so I am real. Please accept me. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, what was her name? Oh, you remember? Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, okay. like, so it's like my neighbor or something. Yeah. No. That's crazy. I was like, how do you know all that and don't know it's Seinfeld? I mean, we, you know what? I used to talk about Seinfeld way more That's true. than I do now. Yeah. But, um, which I still, I mean, I still watch the shit out of it. I, yeah. I just keep going through it, you know? And like, and when I travel, that's what I watch in the hotel rooms and everything. Cause now hotel rooms always have Netflix and shit. Um, but I've been watching a lot of, uh, all the 50 cent shows power. We finished that. Now we're on power book two with ghost. Is he and in them? He's in power, but he dies towards the end. So, um, but he's the executive producer on all of them. I know. So but. Power Book Kanan is about his character who died when he was a kid. Huh. So he was like, his mom was like a kingpin drug dealer and he was like coming up as her like son who takes over kind of thing. Yeah. And then the Power Book ghost that we're watching is the main character in Power's son 
after the show's done. And then there's another one coming out called Force, which is about Tommy, which is another character. 50 Cent's super smart. He created this show, did super well, and then he created sequels or prequels about all the characters and, like, their own mm. journeys and their own parts of life. Super smart. Where? Yeah. And he's crushing it on that. And, Very clever. Uh, yeah. All right. We're going to go to the first question here from Anonymous. It says, which workouts in the app do you recommend for a woman who is beginner looking to build muscle and lift heavy? Um, man, that's tough. Uh, and this is why we filmed all those videos the other day. Um, so for those of you who are in the app, you'll see these uh, pop up in the uh, menu tab. There's a there's a tab called video or videos or whatever. It'll pop up there here soon. Uh, for those of you who are not in the app, we're putting these in within the next week. And it's like basically your roadmap to each program, right? Like what this program's about, why you jump into it, all that stuff. Because we're really trying to the, – the it's actually funny. I actually had a call with uh, our app developer today about adding this feature and what it will take to, to develop this. Because the biggest problem I run into with the app is that I create so many training programs – that there's so many programs inside, which is cool. Like it sounds like a very, and it is, it's a value add, right? You go in, there's going to be a program for you and there's so many different programs. But if you go in and see 25 programs, your first thought is, what the fuck do I do here? Yeah. Right? So that's why we shoot in the videos. Um, and that's why when you sign up for the Taylor Trainer, uh, you also get uh, 24-7 DM access. So myself and, and our head trainer, Brian on the team, we're answering the DMs every day. So you can literally jump in the app and talk to us. Um, there's also a discussion board that we just um, like launched and there are like people can have always been able to post in it, but we just like opened it up to everybody, including ourselves. But you can go in there and like basically it's almost like a wall and you mm-hmm. can comment on it and talk to other people and shit in the app. And then we'll be interacting too. So we're opening up access channels inside the app. Um, but the, the biggest problem I had was that. So I'm trying to create it to where it's like you go to menu and then plans instead of it going plans. And then it's like, Bulletproof bodybuilding, three-day. Bulletproof bodybuilding, four-day male, four-day female, five-day male, five-day female. Power building male, power building female. Like, there's just so many fucking programs. Now I'm trying to get it to go menu, like programs, male or female, three, four, five, or six-day. Then it has a list. Because now you go, well, really, you know, I'm... Uh, I'm a male who wants to train four days a week. Okay, let me give you the the four or five programs that are built for you. You know what I mean? And Or we might even go like days per week goal or experience goal. You know, we're trying to have like a choose your own experience, like a leveling system. Um, so they're going back to the developing team to see like, okay, what can we do to put this together huh. so that we can do that? Obviously, there's, there's a, a, you know, I got to pay for people to come in and build it out and do the coding and stuff. So it's not something that's going to happen like that. Uh, but that's the plan just to make it a little bit easier. Um, in the meantime, we could put those videos that we, we filmed as like program overviews. Exactly. And that's why we filmed them. And so what we're going to do is when you sign up, um, going forward, once those are in there, there'll be links to those in the, in the first email, you get your username and password. It's like, Hey, watch these videos to like decide which program is best for you. But, um, which doesn't answer your question at all. So let me do that. Um, the best program for a f- female beginner who is looking to get stronger, she said, or build, build muscle? muscle and lift heavy. So if you're there's there's two routes to take. Number one, like there's different classifications of beginners, right? So uh, when we talk about training age, which is basically beginner, intermediate, advanced lifters, there's two ways to look at this. 
if we look at your training age from an experience perspective, which is what I prefer, it is really about how, it sounds weird to say this, but how good you are at lifting, honestly, because squatting or experience, the dumbbell snatch I did yesterday when you were filming, you were asking about like, it takes skill to do that. That's not an easy movement. I would never put a dumbbell snatch in somebody uh, as a beginner's program because there's a lot going on there. It's full body movement. You have to understand triple extension, which is ankles, knees, hips extending simultaneously while doing a power shrug into a clean overhead. Like there's a lot going on. Um, but somebody who gets it quick, like somebody who's very skilled or even like, I remember talking to Dustin about this, actually speaking of Dustin, um, with soccer, cause he was never a soccer player, but he played varsity and was pretty fucking good. Yeah. It's just cause he was an athlete. Yeah. He was a natural. So when he picked up sport, he got it really quickly. Certain people get in the gym, they just pick things up quickly. Um, whereas other people it takes longer. It's also different too. If, if like when I started training, I picked it up quick because I went from not training to training six days a week. Cause I was like, I'm going to do this. All my friends are at college. I want to lose weight. I want to learn about the shit. I'm just going to go all in. And I just, I was there six days a week. So I'm going to learn way quicker than the person doing two or three days a week at the beginning, which is sometimes the best move for somebody is to do a little bit less at the beginning. So what took me a year of experience took somebody else three years. Cause I trained three times as much of them in that year. Um, and I was more enthusiastic about it. So it's hard for me to say. Now, a, a lower-end beginner, somebody who is, is definitely a beginner from an experience perspective, because the other way to look at it is uh, a, a year's perspective. They used to always say, like, and there was, like, infographics for this, a beginner is uh, one to three years of training, intermediate is three to five years, and then uh, advanced is, like, five-plus years of training, right? Well, yes and no, because... I've had times, even myself, where I got to the five-year mark and I was like, I'm definitely advanced. And then I started really diving into some more advanced techniques and learning a little bit more. I was like, actually, I don't think I am advanced. Yeah. I think I still have a lot to learn, you know? So sometimes it's, I, I think it's better to look at your actual experience versus the time in the gym. So for somebody who is truly a beginner, foundations, that's the program to go for. That's why it's called foundation is because it's to build your foundation. It is used as, uh, it uses linear and movement progressions. So instead of something being like uh, double progression method, f uh, Wendler 531, anything that's more advanced from a periodization perspective, a linear progression model is super, super simple. We're adding five pounds to the bar every week and you're dropping a rep. So it's like week one, you're going four by 10 at 100 pounds. Week two, you're going four by eight at 105 to 110 pounds. Like you're just adding a little bit of weight, dropping a little bit of reps. So it guarantees you're progressing in load and you cycle back. We use some of that and we use some uh, movement progressions. So maybe you start with a goblet squad, then go to a split squad, then go to a um, reverse lunge, then you go to a Bulgarian split squat. Like that's a movement progression, right? The movement is getting more challenging as you go. You might not even use heavier loads as you do that, but the skill of exercise is at a higher level as you progress. And those two things are the probably the best way to progress or periodize for a beginner because they need better motor control and mechanics for movement and they need to slowly build strength. Linear progression is the most guaranteed way to slowly build strength. Movement progression is the best way to teach somebody how to lift and exercise properly. Yep. Um, if, however, let's say you were like me and you're, you were technically a beginner because you've only been training one or two years, but you train often, you're really into it and you feel pretty good. Like if I tell you, Hey, go put a bar on your back and do a squat. Like you feel comfortable doing that. Right. Um, I would probably go power building. Power building is one of my favorite programs in the app because, um, actually I think it's called the power builder, but 
because there's two phases, so it can last six months. So there's two 12-week phases. So you can just run it for uh, three months or you can run it for six full months. Uh, but that program is like, it's a, a, a good beginner can get a lot out of it, but so could an advanced athlete mm. who doesn't want to do a program that's six days a week. It's four days a week, upper, lower split. But the way it's designed is that it is anybody from like a high-end beginner, like low intermediate to an advanced person can run it because the the exercises are really, really designed to essentially allow whoever's doing it to maximize what they get out of it. Meaning a leg extension, for example. Leg extension is very fucking basic. Damn near anybody can do it. Now we can go leg extension and then we can progress into a 2-1 technique leg extension, into a one and a half rep leg extension, into a leg extension plus a drop set, like all these different things. But how you contract your muscle and how much load you use in those exercises is dependent on the experience level. Totally. So a beginner and advanced person can get a lot out of that exercise, right? And then it uses the power lifts to progress somebody over time, which is big bang for your buck exercises, followed by bodybuilding, like fundamental bodybuilding exercises that are going to build muscle. Um, so that's a really good program. There's a male and a female version of it. That's usually where I would go. If somebody's not like beginner, 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 foundation's great, but like power building is the next one up where... I would send anybody, and then we have the more advanced programs like uh, uh, performance bodybuilding, bulletproof bodybuilding, stuff like that. Um, pure strength and conditioning; those ones are a little more advanced. So Fe not, so not for beginners. No, and even female physique is one similar to power building that would be good for beginners if they want to build muscle. Very, very bikini bodybuilding style program. Um, I it's not the best for strength because it's uses a lot of machines and it's geared towards building your physique, not towards strength. Whereas power building is like, if she's like, I want to build muscle and get strong, lift heavy weights. That's what she said. Power building is, is the combination. That's why it's called power building, mm. power lifting, bodybuilding put together. Mm. So yeah. Good. All right. There you go. Uh, that was anonymous, but we'll do another one here. Um, says wedding in August. I want to lose five to seven pounds. What approach do you recommend? Quick cut right now, targeting one pound per week for five to seven weeks, then maintain. Or should I go slowly targeting 0.25 to half a pound per week for three or four months? How much does she weigh? Does it say? Nope. So, if I knew how much you weigh, it would be easier. But she said August. Yep. Okay, so you still have quite a bit of fucking time. Um, I would do whatever approach allows you to lose 0.5 to 1% body weight per week. I know it's a very simple answer. But that tends to be, based on like 90% or more of research, that just tends to be the best rate of weight loss on a weekly basis because it allows you to maintain your muscle, maintain the majority of your metabolic and hormonal processes, and it's easy to sustain, meaning you're not going to see this rebound after the fact. Um, there is a good amount of research. I talked to, uh, I want to say it was Bill Campbell about this when he was on last we talked about aggressive versus slow fat loss mm -hmm. and uh with that we talked about it and the slow fat loss always outperformed because of the longevity side of it right like we can get quick results but when it comes to maintaining performance metabolic adaptation all those kind of things you're gonna have way higher risk with the fast process so my fear is that even if you had that diet break or that maintenance phase built in would you be able to sustain that maintenance phase? Yeah. You know, if you go too aggressive, if you go super aggressive so that you can have a maintenance phase before the wedding, my fear is like, if you go so aggressive that you get to that maintenance phase, 
adherence during that maintenance phase is going to be tough and then you're going to overshoot the maintenance phase now you gain weight before your wedding and you're pissed because you just spent all this time dieting super hard so i'd probably go the slow and steady way um my my favorite approach here would be basically to go like if the wedding is in August, I would do a slow cut from here until then, and I would impl- implement multiple day refeeds and or diet breaks, um, basically like two to three day refeeds or like a week diet break every so often. So maybe you're dieting for six weeks, taking a, a week off, or you're dieting for two weeks, taking three days off, whatever it may be. But implement those in just for adherence and psychological purposes, a little bit of performance purposes up until the wedding. Then I would take a diet break during your wedding and mini moon if you take a little mini moon. And then I would get right back to the diet after the wedding. And the reason I would do it that way is because if you go slow and steady to where you get to your wedding and your biofeedback isn't shit, not only are you going to have a good result, but you're not going to feel the need to binge. You're not going to be stressed. You're not going to be craving all these things that you've been restricting during the diet. And your body's not in a place where we're like, we need to get your calories up ASAP. And since that's the case, you can take the diet break during your wedding get back to the plan. And now we can go, okay, let's sit at this body weight for a little bit because you finally accomplished it and then slowly reverse diet up to a new maintenance for you Totally. versus, uh, going too fast or, and this is where it's hard, like not knowing how much you weigh and how much you want to lose changes it. But if somebody wants to diet for their wedding in August, and I know I can get them to their goal doing that 0.5 to 1% of body weight per week by June or July, then I would get you to your goal and then reverse diet you into the wedding because now you're going into the wedding slowly eating more and having no issues with adherence or biofeedback because we're already reverse dieting. Yeah. So, yeah. Hard to say without knowing exactly how much you weigh, but those are like the two places my mind goes first. Yeah. All right. We'll go to a third one here. It says, I just found out recently that my wife is pregnant. Let's go. Wow. So I would love to hear your thoughts on how to be the best father and husband because that's something that I looked looked for in your podcast and content, but I haven't found anything specifically dedicated to that and how to stay in top shape as much as possible while taking care of your family and a newborn. Love it. Does it have a name? Nope. Dude, let's make a note to add the name back to that I form. already did. Okay, cool. Um, I know these who this just, is. because just before that. Okay. Yeah, because this is a client of mine. Uh, this is Hussein, and he, he mentioned to me that he asked this question because um, he asked me in his check-in and, and I was like, damn, that's hard to like, you know, right. And he was like, well, I already put it in the, the podcast Q&A so you guys can go into it there too. I'm like, all right, cool. So um, a few things breaking on. Number one, let's do the fitnessing because I think that's easier. But when you have a newborn, it's definitely difficult to stay in shape. My first recommendation, if possible, is to have even if it's the bare minimum, have some kind of home gym situation going on because that was a a lifesaver for me when we had Blakely. The fact that I could literally walk outside into the garage and train. Um, I didn't train. Well, at first I tried to train just as hard and then it just fucking crushed me. Um, Then I smartened up a little bit and I kind of like think of your training while you're uh, why you have an infant or a newborn as like maintenance training. So cut your volume in half basically, um, and lower your RPE. You're never going to failure. You're never hitting one rep maxes. Like just don't even try because you're going to just zap yourself. It's not going to last very long. Um, unless you just have like a godsend baby who sleeps like an angel 24 seven, or in your case, since it's a man, like if your wife never wakes you up when the baby wakes up, which 
it's highly unlikely because it's very hard not to wake up when the baby's crying. They yeah. usually sleep in your room. Um, I remember talking to a, a fitness professional. I'm not going to say names that like straight up. They were like, oh, well, like I just slept in the guest bed. And it was like because they were so intentional about their training and stuff that they couldn't ruin their sleep. I was like, you're not divorced? Like, yeah. <laughs> holy shit, bro. Yeah. That's, you're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Or she's a fucking saint. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who knows? Um, and like, even like, there was a, at a certain point, Shannon was like, you're like, there's no point in you waking yeah. up. They just need to feed. But it's hard not to. Yeah. Unless you leave the room. Yeah. You know, and I, and yeah. So, um, but uh, I would say, like, lower your training volume and intensity a little bit. Try to have something in the in the garage gym just so you can stay active. Like, that's the biggest thing, you know. Um, I wouldn't be in a diet. Like, don't be in a deficit phase. Um, I wouldn't be in a surplus. I would say at maintenance. I would also intentionally eat light during the mornings and try to eat, um, have save more calories for night. Only because nighttime is usually when we have social gatherings, Pregnant and post-pregnant women typically have different cravings, so they're going to want dessert and stuff like that. I think I had Halo Top ice cream fucking every night while Shannon was pregnant and right after the baby. Um, she had Ben & Jerry's. I ate Halo Top. So, like, that's, like, a easy compromise, but it's still 400 calories in a pint, you know? So, like, yeah. I had to save room for that. So, be aware of things like that. Um, also, something to consider, too, is, like, managing your, your fat intake. And the reason I say that is because so there's a few things here. Number one, we don't want to overeat um, calories in general because you're probably going to be training less and moving less because you have a newborn. Um, on top of that, this is crazy, but, um, and I need to pull up the research on this, but I, I've heard this theory um, and it's based on research and I've heard from somebody who's very, very intelligent, who's a, a researcher um, and a professor. Basically, the, I don't know if it's the, what it is in the scent or whatever, but when the man is very present in the relationship during the pregnancy, um, his hormone levels change because he's around the female whose hormones are changing. So it's almost like the, and this is like some weird ancestral shit, but like, it's basically like, I know my partner isn't going to reproduce. So my testosterone is going to lower. And I, I want to say progesterone increases, something happens and it makes it way easier for the, the man to accumulate body fat. Uh. Right. And yeah. they talk about uh, the first person I heard say it was Brett. And I remember him saying he uh, baby weight. He gained baby weight. And I was like, bro, come on. You're not pregnant. You don't gain baby weight. Like, stop making excuses. And there's actually some research to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> you, men do gain baby weight. So the reason I say this is because we can take care of our hormones by not overdoing training, trying to, to not overdo stress. So manage stress better, um, recover better, uh, sleep better if you can. Also manage your diet and your fats because certain fats promote health better, right? So being careful with what you're consuming, that makes sure you're not going into a surplus, especially because you're more susceptible to gain body fat. So maintenance might be a slight deficit right now because your activity is low and you're more susceptible to gaining fat. Um, and things like, for example, saturated fat, whole eggs, things that we know are fat sources that do help promote higher testosterone levels. Yeah. Now would probably be the time to do so. You know what I mean? Um, so looking at your food quality of what you're consuming is always a, a good idea. Um, the type of training I would do is like strictly bodybuilding because it's far less neurologically fatiguing than heavy strength training and powerlifting and explosive work, which is going to crank cortisol and adrenaline up higher, just like the stress of the baby and all that stuff is too. And if we can build muscle, obviously that's going to help 
mitigate the calories we're consuming and testosterone levels. So um, that would be like my geeky science approach to the training and nutrition. Also not taking any of it too seriously at all. Like don't have serious goals right at the end of the pregnancy or when the baby's born. Mainly when the baby's just born. Just like keeping it maintenance. Yeah, just chill. Like um, the first year is is tougher, but really you get the hang of it after for men, at least. I'm not going to speak for women here. Um, you get the hang of it after three to six months yeah. because you got a routine and everything. Um, and you're not, honestly, you're not in charge of feeding. The baby needs the, the mother 200 times more than the man, period. Yep. Um, now, the other part of the question was how to be a good dad, basically, right? Uh, yeah, father and husband. Okay. Um, one thing that I would say is like, the thing, if I look back and I'm like, it's hard because, you know, I would honestly say the first at least year, if not two years of Blakely being born, I wasn't as present with her as I wish I was because the business was in a crazy growth phase and I was trying to handle that, figure that out. We just launched the new company. We just opened this up. I finally started speaking at public places and tra like traveling for that. Clients were going through the roof. I was like having to hire coaches. I was new to it, you know, so that it made it hard. But the thing I regret more, because in those first, especially the first year, they need mom so much more than the dad. Um, they're not talking yet. They're not walking yet. They don't remember a whole bunch. So it wasn't like the end of the world. The thing I regret more, or I wish I would have done better, is actually just be there for Shannon more. Because I think between her and Blakely, Shannon needed my support more than, the, than Blakely did, because Blakely had her mom 24-7, you know, Shannon's stay-at-home mom. So my advice to any guy would be, prioritize your wife more, honestly, like obviously be there for the baby as much as you can feed it as much as you can with the bottles and stuff like that. Cause that's an experience you want to have. And, um, like definitely cuddle with the kid as much as you can. I don't know about like other parents, but Blakely does not want to cuddle with dad nearly as much as she did back in the day. It's like, if she's laying on me, she's punching me and like poking my eyes and pulling my nose and like wants to play or color my hair or some shit. Whereas like back in the day, it was just like fall asleep on your chest. Yeah. Miss that. So take advantage of that and then be there more for your wife to support her and do whatever you can. Cause she's carrying a lot of the stress and like, that's one thing I could have definitely did better with. Um, I also think too, like just starting to remember that somebody's always watching kind of thing, you know, everything you do is uh, a representation of what you want your child to look at as how a man should be, mm. if that makes sense. A role model. A role model. Yeah. I think of it more as like a man because I have a daughter, and I think of someday she's going to date, someday she's going to get married. I want her to watch, I want her to watch me as she grows up, knowing in the future, like I know what a man is supposed to be like to his family, to the people around him, to as like, um, like from health and strength and all those kind of things. Uh, I think it applies whether you have a boy or a girl. Yeah. I, I don't remember. They don't know yet. Or did he say, I can't remember off the top of my head if he told me. Nope. Um, so, you know, I think regardless being a role model, but like everything you do, because especially in today's world, like social media, all these things are always going. So yeah. everything you do, so much is everything's an influence. Yeah. hundred percent. So, being the type of person you want your, your child to grow up to be or you want your child to grow up and marry someday, you know, if it's a girl. Um, just that alone, man. Like, that's the... Because the truth is, is like... I mean, if I look back, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing at all. Still don't fully know. I mean, Shannon's mom stayed with us for a week. And I remember her mom... We had the baby, went home. Her mom stayed with us all week. She left, which she lives on the other side of the state. She left 
and Shannon start crying. And we, that was the moment we were like, holy shit, we're on our own now. Oh, you and mean we, when she was born? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now we have this little thing that relies on us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like her life depends on us <laughs> being responsible. And, uh, and that was fucking freaky, you know? Yeah. So I think that like, that's a normal feeling and it's okay to not know what you're doing. They're actually, as long as you do something. Yeah. And, and like not to be, don't not be to, shit. don't be careless, but they're pretty fucking resilient. I've yeah. seen Blakely scorpion more times than I can count and being like, Oh my God, she broke her neck and she pops up and she's like <laughs> still chasing me. And I'm like, Holy shit. How'd this little gremlin keep going? <laughs> that closed lander with a door one time. And I was like, I was freaked out because Channel was at home. It was like one of the first times I like, it's like, oh yeah, you go do your thing. And she's chasing me. And like, I ran by the door and I don't know if the wind or my foot or something like basically like kind of creaked the door and Blakely just boom, right into like the side of it. Yeah. So I was pointing at her and she just fucking clothesline and dropped. Bubba did that to her the other day. Bubba, I went to flinch at Bubba and he ran as she was coming around the corner and just took her legs out, bro. Oh my God. She just went, it was bad. But again, they always pop back up. It's like she's got like a fucking well on her forehead. She's like, just kiss it. And I kiss it and boom. She's good. good. Yeah. It's done. It's it's crazy it's how a like, mental thing. Yeah. It is a mental thing. It's crazy how they really think kisses fix everything. Everything. And yeah. like you could be fucked up and like just kiss it and yeah. boom, they have no more pain. They have a compound fracture. You can just kiss it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's the that's placebo wild. effect to the max. Yes, it is. Don't roll Dope. your eyes at me. Um but but no, I think like in general, just like it really it really boils down to being a good human being. Yeah. Being a good leader, living your life as you would want them to see somebody live a life. And yeah, I mean you're you are literally the only role model. And there's nothing else to it. I don't think people you know, there's no secret to this. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. Be a good human. Be a good human, be a yeah. good dad, and be a good father. The fitness side is actually more difficult. I mean, yeah. it's not. Uh, it's more complicated. More complicated. Yeah. yeah. Just because you gotta worry about all these little intricacies but um yeah all right we got uh one more here butt wink <laughs> have you worked with any clients who have excessive butt wink hip and th- thoracic mobility is an issue with the clients i'm thinking about but do you have any recommendations that seem to improve with your clients you know what butt wink is no <laughs> um it sounds f- funny when you say it butt wink butt wink um speaking of Blakely you know when people would be like busted like if you get caught doing something she says she thinks it's butt stick butt stick and I can't get her to change so she'd be like she'll run around the corner and go butt stick and you're like no it's busted it's busted (laughs) she don't get it Um, alright butt wink is uh, for Travis and the listeners who don't know um, it is when your lower back curves right at the end so like you'll see somebody squat and their back is neutral and very flat and then usually it's right after they break parallel. So breaking parallel would be when your femur or your thigh is parallel with the floor, right? It's at a 90 degree angle. As soon as that happens, your low back kind of rolls. Oh. You would, for some people that, like this is the thing, for a long time it was like, like, butt wink's bad. Like, be careful. You're going to hurt yourself. It's not like the end of the world. It's, there's actually been a lot of stuff come out that's like, if it doesn't hurt you, then stop fucking worrying about it. You know, some people just have extra long femurs and extra short torsos and it just is going to happen. So what I always ask clients is I go, Hey, do you feel any pain while you squat in this butt wing cap? Like when you get past parallel, do you have any pain? No. Okay, cool. Do you have any dysfunction or instability in your knees or thoracic 
area, like anywhere in your body. Like, do you have instability? Like you feel weak or unstable when you get past parallel? No. Okay, cool. Uh, do you have pain after you leave the session or in the morning? No. Perfect. Let's not fucking worry about butt wink at all. We should still work on hip mobility, thoracic mobility, knee stability, ankle mobility through dynamic warmups and our training by going through full ranges of motion with exercise, but we don't need to do anything particular for your butt wink because I remember taking, like I did this back in the day, like freaked out about it and would take clients through stuff because of their butt wink and it would freak them out. They're like, oh shit, something's wrong with me. Like I can't squat. Like what am I going to do? You know? And it's just not the case. Now, for somebody who does have back pain with it or has instability from it, in their situations, first thing you do is, is A, move them to a box. So stop doing full range of motion squats. Do box squats, plain and simple. Because then you stop at parallel. You don't have to worry about the butt wink. Fix the butt wink while still working on the strength of the squat by limiting the range of motion in the squat and doing mobility for their hips, ankles, thoracic mobility, like he's saying. Um, you could also potentially raise the heels because sometimes it's tied, it's just tied to ankle mobility. If your ankle mobility is shit, you might have some butt wink and you might have extra hip extension going into that. Squat, rate, elevate your heels and or switch to a front squat and you might remove some of that. Um, for some people, you can also point the toes out a little bit. We're gonna do a video on this for the tail trainer of like how to find your f squat uh, footing. Mm -hmm. But if you point your toes out a little bit, say 45 degrees, and you rip your knees apart as if you're like torquing the floor, you're, you're, you're going to externally rotate your hips. Your knees are going to point out slightly and you're going to be able to sit into the squat more. For me, if I don't rip out and point my knees outward and actually like open up my hips, I get butt wink to this day. I have zero pain, but you'll still see it in my squat. Um, so that, that can help too is working on hip external rotation to be able to sit into the, the hips a little bit more and stay upright, which is that thoracic extension that he talked about. Um, Lastly, it's also been tied to tightness in your hamstrings. So if your hamstrings are super tight and they're pulling on your glutes and they're pulling on your lumbar spine, you're going to, the hamstrings are going to essentially pull the glutes to tuck at the bottom and then you're going to round mm, your lower back and your lumbar spine. Okay. So foam roll and stretch your hamstrings. That could be an easy fix. Uh, the best way to do that is, is literally have somebody squat, see the butt wink, go foam roll, do active release, um, and, and, uh, uh, passive, uh, technique stretching. I can't remember what it's called. Basically, like I would take you and go, all right, I'm going to stretch your hamstring and then I want you to drive your heel into my hand. So you activate the hamstring and then I go, okay, and release. And then I like push you and then you activate your hamstring and then I push you. So yeah. basically as you fire it, I'm releasing it and stretching it further and further and then go have them squat again and see if that it relieved some of it or all of it. If so, that's probably the issue. Um, and then last but not least, um, I mean, I guess, honestly, that's uh, that's actually really it. Like, hip mobility, ankle mobility, tight hamstrings, use box squats or front squats if needed, um, and just don't worry about it too much. Like, if it's not causing pain. I think there was a lot of people that, that had an issue, and then there were some really, really smart, like, PTs and Cairo guys that came out that were like, you really don't need to worry about this as much as you think. So, in any situation, always ask, is there pain associated with what you're doing when we load it? Because somebody can have butt wink and have no pain, but you put a bar on their back, then now they have pain. Same thing. That's That causes pain. So assess their pain level with it. And if it, the pain level is something that you're not comfortable with, go through these things. If it's totally fine, don't worry about it. Totally. That's good, guys. So if you like this episode... 
Do us a favor. Leave us a five-star rating and review on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, and make sure you do us a favor and support the sponsor of this podcast, and that is First Form. They are the uh, legit number one supplement company in the game, and they have the world's best customer service. Uh, the amount of handwritten notes I've received from them is from random people who work in their warehouse that are just like commenting on the stuff I've ordered and stuff. Some of them don't even know that I'm a part of it probably. Um, it's just crazy. So literally the best customer service in the game. You can head to firstform.com slash tailored coaching method and you get free priority shipping. When you check out, it will say free. It won't charge you. It'll probably say five to seven days, but trust me, they'll know you're from us on the back end and you are going to get priority shipping. You'll get it faster than expected. Um, yeah, I just put in a huge order, uh, grabbed a shirt for you, grabbed a hat for me. And I stocked up on greens, multi, the omega-3 fish oils, uh, multiple things of protein, uh, the joint health and, uh, in a pre-workout. So I got stacked with a ton of shit, got the flag banging in the gym now. Um, so we are proud to represent them. Go check them out. Once again, that's firstform.com slash tailored coaching method. And, uh, we'll chat with you guys next time.